0: Welcome into the 49er Access Podcast. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to react to the San Francisco 49ers releasing their unofficial, yes, unofficial depth chart for the 2023 season. Um, I want to start off by saying this. The depth chart means absolutely nothing. (laughs) Like... The fact that people on Twitter are losing their mind, and I put it out there because I think it's important to have an idea of where maybe certain positions are. And we'll dive into, you know, the big ones today. Quarterback, cornerback, some tight ends, some receiver stuff. Like, you can get an idea of what maybe the team is thinking, um, but let's be very clear here. It's not like Kyle Shanahan or Steve Wilkes are going out there and they're putting you know, these players in these certain positions. They are not sitting down and actively creating a depth chart for the preseason. They could care less what that looks like. For them, it changes every single week, every single practice. Um, there are certain days where Ambry Thomas is playing starting cornerback because Mooney Ward's hurt. Mooney Ward comes back. Thomas is playing second string cornerback. And that's one small example. Like, there really was no first-string receivers in training camp. They're maneuvering left and right. Chris Conley's playing with the first team. Then, you know, Ronnie Bell's out there. Like, there really isn't a first-team uh, unit for cornerbacks and receivers and running backs, really. Jordan Mason's getting first-round reps and or first-team reps, and so is TDP, right? And so I understand the... The, this your mind blowing with the fact that you know, to see Brock Purdy then Trey Lance or Sam Darnold then Brandon Allen it makes your mind just like what does that mean and it's so many different things I get it um but just to put it very bluntly this means nothing <laughs> like absolutely nothing when it comes to the final cut day when it comes to what this team is like no one is saying well Amber Thomas, you know, second-string cornerback, he's making the team. He gets sucked during preseason. Like, this depth chart will inevitably change come cut-down day in, what, three, four weeks now. And it'll change next week in week two of the preseason. Because guys are going to play bad, some are going to play good, and it'll move up and down depending on how Kyle Shanahan wants to construct the offense and how Steve Oaks wants to construct the defense. Like, Jaya Brown can play amazing and have a great week of practice next week and be this team's, you know, really, I guess he's he is second-string safety, but, you know, be getting reps over George Odom with the first team in practice, right? Like, there's so many things that change and maneuver and for, for fans to lose their minds <laughs> over a measly piece of paper or a virtual piece of paper. You know, like, electronic mail <laughs> sent out to the PR, from, from from the PR team to the media and put on a website. Shanahan's not saying they're being like, "Let me see." Uh, well, well, Braden Willis should be this team's fourth tight end. He's not. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care at all. All he cares about is fielding 53 and on Sundays, 45, 46, good players for Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, and on the off day, a of Saturday, come playoff time. Um, so, with that being said, with me telling you. In the first five minutes of the podcast. That today really is a nothing conversation. It means nothing. Let's dive into the San Francisco 49ers. Unofficial depth chart. Um, and let's start from the bottom up. Because I always like saving quarterbacks for last. Because that's what you like to talk about. At the very end. And if I can get you to listen through 45 minutes. Of a bunch of BS. Uh, it helps the podcast. But <laughs> But let's start off with kick returns. Right now. Doing kick returns in practice, it's been a lot of McLeod and Danny Gray and Deshaun Jameson and Ronnie Bell. And that kind of uh, that echoes in what we've seen on the depth chart, right? Uh, the second team kick returner is Willie Sneed. I will say that's kind of interesting. I don't know why he's up there. He like, like If you told me how could or what if he makes his team, what is Willie Sneed's role? It would not be punt return, kick returns. It was it. it, it would be a blocking receiver, um, the sixth guy who might be inactive for a day. It might be a special teams player, but not doing kicks and punt returns. Um, he wasn't doing them very often in camp in training camp. I'm not sure why that's the, like why they're doing that in um, in, in the preseason game. Uh, but I guess we're doing that. It, it's not a position I see him ever playing come regular season. Um, Brandon Ayoub took punts during training camp some days, so, uh, and I get them wanting to refrain from him putting in out there, that makes sense, um, but this one doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, I would, I would rather see, if I was Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes and the coaching staff, I would much rather see, you know, McLeod, Bell, Jameson, and Danny Gray back there. Danny Gray, who has electric speed, not back there fielding punts and kicks, Um, I understand it's not his strongest, um, it's not one of his strengths, and so I understand not putting him back there, but he did it during training camp a little bit, so I'm not sure what's up with the depth chart, which means nothing again, (laughs) but, um, this was one of those positions where I said, is that a mistake? Like, that, oh, that, that's weird. (laughs) Um, so, but that right there is intriguing, because there are two guys behind Sneed who, they could make this roster strictly on being a punt-and-kick returner. Um, I think that job is strictly McLeod's to lose. Um, and I think he's played well enough uh, during camp as a receiver to retain his job um, on the team this year. But I think for young players like Ronnie Bell, Deshaun Jamison, even Danny Gray, if he ever gets back there during preseason, uh, that's a place where you can kind of prove yourself. with, Hey, like I, I have a role. We've talked on the podcast plenty of times that... For a young player, a rookie, most likely, that your job is to find a role. Kyle Shanahan said this during a press conference: find a role, like find your niche on the roster and excel at it. Work at it every single day. Um, and I think for young players like Bell and, Desha- and Deshaun Jameson, excuse me, um, this is their chance to show: hey, I can play receiver and corner, and, and you know, to whatever degree that is. But if I'm not great there, and I'm a great return man. That could be an avenue for them to actually make this roster. Um, But let's go to the kickers. And this was one of the other ones that said Jake Moody or Zane Gonzalez. Um, And this one just made me laugh so hard because this was the PR team just trolling with Every position that had, you know, notably, you know, quote-unquote competition, quarterback number two, the kickers, two guys who the, the team itself is splitting reps with. The or is just them, you know, telling the media and the fans, these guys are splitting reps. That's all the or means. It is, these guys are fighting and really not even fighting or really competing, like, Jake Moody's not competing with Zane Gonzalez for the kicker job. He's won it, hands down. Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, we know they're competing for that number two quarterback job. But Jake Moody's not competing with Zane Gonzalez. And many people asked on Twitter, why is Zane Gonzalez even on the team, and why is there an or in between them if Moody and them aren't competing for the job? Um, I thought it was pretty funny because... <laughs> Uh, it felt much like the fans were overblowing this. And this answer is really simple. San Francisco's hoping a team like the Dallas Cowboys, for instance, um, that their kicking situation sucks, which it still does, uh, even after a long off season and really a bad playoff run by, by Brett Mayer, I believe was his name. Uh, they haven't figured that thing out yet. Um, but they're hoping that some team, a sucker, right, can come in and say, you know, hey, Kyle, hey, John, we'll give you a sixth-round conditional pick for a guy or a seventh-round pick. They want to get something for free. They want to add a late-round pick for free. Um, That's the only reason why Zane Gonzalez is there. Um, It also helps, and I don't think fans always look at it this way, but it does help having a veteran kicker in the room that can kind of teach Jake Moody, like, hey, in this area, the wind goes this way, and in, in this stadium... You know, it's harder to kick on this left hash or the right hash or, you know, it's kind of perfect how he kicks. And again, I'm no kicking expert by any means. In any position I don't know, it's kicker, like many of us, because all you think is, oh, those guys just kick. And I'm sure there's some signs to it, some signs behind, you know, laces out, you know. Um, you know, Finkel is Einhorn. I is Finkel, right? It's, you know, that's all I really know about kickers. And uprights, it's good, you, you dink it, you don't get it, it's outside, it's bad, that's all I know about kicking, um, if you make a game-winning field goal kick, you are on my, you know, good list, if you miss, you're on the naughty list, and you ain't, you're getting cold for Christmas, I'm sorry, right, um, but the the whole, you know, Jake Moody or Zane Gonzalez, all this is is San Francisco trying to find a sucker, they can, you know, get a sixth round pick for, seventh round pick for, and tell Zane Gonzalez, goodbye, thanks for being here, see you whenever <laughs> like Zane gonzalez feels like a kind of you know nearing that roster cut you know you're the 54th man hey dallas you know hey whoever you want a kicker you need a kicker um and i think a team might bite really because right now we're seeing uh, a lot of offenses you know there's so much scoring in the nfl now and if you are relegated to punting on fourth down where well, you can get a field goal instead and keep yourself close, like San Francisco did that this year with Jake Moody, they said, "Hey, yes, we're losing Robbie Gould, but we can get a guy who can make 64-yard field goals instead of punting or going for it on fourth down. Let's get three points and hope the defense holds up, or you know, make a game 10 to seven, or 13-10 or 13-14, right? And get them a little bit closer." Um, and make them more aggressive offensively, you give a team Zane Gonzalez who can get you a field goal from about 50 yards out, like, you're living pretty good, right? And I think, again, for a team like Dallas, who just, their kicking situation is awful. Like, I think a team might bite on this. Now, it may not happen, but if I'm San Francisco, I am hoping and praying. And I I think they have a pretty good chance that a team, again, comes calling saying, hey, we'll give you a 7th round conditional pick for Zane Gonzalez. Um, and I think, again, that's going to happen. So, But the whole Jake Moody or Zane Gonzalez thing, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. San Francisco was not taking a kicker in the third round and saying, competition. <laughs> like, this is not going to happen. They love Jake Moody. He's their guy. Moving off of special teams. Um, let's stay on defense. Let's stick to the, the defense here. And let's start in the secondary. Um I thought it was pretty interesting that Samuel Womack was listed as the right cornerback number two. Um, he hasn't seen any snaps that I've noticed or, or saw at training camp playing nickel. And for him to be strictly playing outside after the last season, uh, starting at nickel to begin the year is kind of weird to me. Um... I didn't really notice it during camp. It didn't stick out to me because he wasn't having a great training camp by any means. Um, but I do think to see guys like AJ Parker in that role behind him with, with the second team makes me go, "Why? Why isn't Wellmack you know, playing nickel? Like you don't have a backup nickel. It's Isaiah Oliver, and then that—that's it. Now." I'm assuming, they're assuming, that Womack would just slide back inside with ease. Um, But for a young player, not having played that position a lot in the NFL, I would like to see him get some reps there. Um, That does intrigue me, because Isaiah Oliver, if he goes down, it's literally nothing behind him uh, with experience. Um, Again, there's Mooney Ward, Lenore, Oliver, Womack, Thomas and Jameson. All three of their backup cornerbacks, Wilmack, uh, and, and Thomas and Jameson, have all played outside during training camp. Like those three guys are in the lead to make the team right now. They all played outside. Um, and it doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't want them playing outside. It just means that you don't have a backup nickel cornerback. And you know, last year they got lucky with, you know, when um, when Wilmack got benched. Uh, and Jimmy Ward got hurt they can kind of maneuver things around and Gibson was playing so good they had to find a place for Jimmy Ward to start and that was Nickel and he was really good there and it sucks he left but he's gone now and so that does kind of weaken the Nickel cornerback room (laughs) and so with no one behind him with a lot of you know time in the NFL little experience um i have not loved what i've seen from the cornerback room in training camp outside of really four guys that being the three starters and jameson um thomas and Wilmack have been kind of a mixed bag for me so to see none of them on the depth chart and we'll see come preseason games what actually happens but to see that they aren't listed there now I do want to say this, when roster cuts do happen and rosters kind of dwindle down to, what is it, like 60 or 70 soon, then it's 53 later, um, we might see that shift happen. But for right now, just keep that in your mind. This team does not have a backup nickel cornerback that has played ever in the NFL besides Womack, and he's playing outside on the depth chart. So keep your eye on that. Uh, That intrigued me. Uh, Ambry Thomas is the... Opposite corner to Womack on the left-hand side with the second team. That makes sense. They've been splitting those reps a lot with the second team this year in camp. Then Deshaun Jameson on the third team. Um, this right here, this is the player I have circled on my, my board on my what are you going to do come game time because... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. He's a player that will get punts and kick returns, but he could be this, you know, this found gem of an undrafted free agent. Um, in the draft, there was guys like D. Winters and, you know, Beal Jr. and Ronnie Bell who were like, late-round studs! Deshaun Jameson could be that. He's shown the growth, um, the willingness to learn, to teach veteran players. I, I really am intrigued what he does. I would love to see him actually get to start Um, now let's also be honest here first string guys this week are not going to play most likely so you know Womack and Thomas are going to be that second team Jameson is that you know becomes that second team so second team becomes first team third team becomes second team and you go on from there right and so Jameson is going to get tested against second team guys which I guess in retrospect are just third team guys moved up but Either way, <laughs> I'm talking to myself through it as we go right now. Either way, um, but still, uh, I want to see him tested. I want to see what he can do in man coverage because you add another good man coverage corner in this room. Uh, we are cooking with oil, at least on the outside, and I like that to see we have depth on the outside in this room. Uh, last year, you know, Lenore was unproven. Mosley got hurt. Jimmy Ward got hurt. Um, Womack got, got benched. I think, believe at or after week two or week three against the Carolina or the Broncos. Um, so depth is always a great thing. You no know Dante Johnson this year. He's not saving the day playing nickel and safety and outside. We need these guys to step up. And I have those, you know, Jamison, Thomas, Wellmack, my eyes are on and glued to them uh, this Sunday against Las Vegas. Uh, the defensive line's a little more interesting. Um, the defensive tackle room is where I had my eye at because... We know that Kinlaw, if he's healthy, makes the team. Hargrave, Armstead, they make the team. Then it's a bunch of other guys. Marlon Davidson, T.Y. McGill. um, Others in there as well. I'm forgetting right now. But my eyes and my ears, when I'm hearing about Kalia Davis, are not good. Um, Been injured all week. Hurt all last year. Didn't practice at all through training camp, I believe, or at least this past week I've been there. Didn't practice. Uh, before the team left for Las Vegas, and we'll see if he actually practices or plays in Las Vegas at all this week. Um, if he doesn't, he's behind the eight ball big time because I don't think like he'll be a player they stash for sure. Like he just, I don't think he's making this team. Uh, he has not shown enough when he's on the field, and he hasn't been on the field enough to actually show anything. Like he, you cannot put together two practices and go, "Yep, I made it." And so for him. I think he, like, to me, there's a kind of an X question mark of, like, are you getting cut? Are you a stash guy? He feels like he's going to be stashed this year again, which that's two years in a row for a young player like him. Um, They knew that was going to be the case last year, but this year I think they actually wanted him to contribute, and I don't think that's going to happen, at least early in the year when guys are healthy. Um, But I do want to see if he does indeed play on Sunday against Las Vegas, or, you know, is in these joint practices, what is he doing out there? Because right now, it's a big fat, you know, uh uh-oh, you know, look out, Khalid Davis, and it's not in a good way, it's in a bad way. Um, Moving forward to the edge room, Uh, this one, it really, it didn't bother me, but it does concern me. Because Nick Bosa isn't back yet, which is fine. Do your thing, Bosa. Go get, go get your money and go get paid. Um, get your dollar-dollar bill, y'all. Whatever you want to call it. I don't care, right? Go get your freaking, you know, back at the brink trucks to your house in Florida. Do whatever you want. You're going to get paid and we're going to love it, right? But looking at the room without Nick Bosa in it, I said, Oh, um, that's not good. On paper, that's really scary. Because, again, Nick Bosa changes his stuff. And yes, the interior guys, Hargrave, Armstead, Kinla maybe, um, others on the team as well, they will impact what the edge rush room does opposite Nick Bosa. But if Nick Bosa... Let's say Nick Bosa gets hurt this year. God forbid, like, if he does sound the freaking alarm, you know, woo, like we're like uh oh um but let's say Nick Bosa is hurt let's say it's one game um I do have a little bit of a worry because I'm seeing guys like Kerry Hyder and Alex Barrett who've had good camps thus far veteran players but seeing Alex Barrett it's like his fifth year in the NFL great camp mind you but Seeing him as this team's second string outside edge rusher, um, that's concerning. Seeing guys like Austin Bryant, who I get was injured, but I think has flashed a lot more than uh, Barrett has in his like two practices back. Um, He has wreaked havoc on the second team offensive line. To see him in the third string, I said, okay, that's, that's interesting, but okay. Maybe it's an injury problem with him. And then seeing Beal Jr. and Taco Charlton on the third and fourth string. um, Taco Charlton, late addition to the roster, I get that's probably where that comes in. Um, But then Beal hasn't practiced. He's been hurt, and that doesn't define you as a player by any means. Um, But seeing guys who I've seen flash. Like, if I told you this year, we're going to have Drake Jackson, Austin Bryant... Alex Barrett, Kerry Hyder, Beal Jr., and Taco Charlton as our defensive ends, you would say, wait, what? Uh, hmm. But then go, oh, but that also Nick Bosa's here. Like, Nick Bosa's name on paper changes your entire thoughts on the room itself. Uh, But seeing the depth chart and how weak it actually is on paper, at least, without Nick Bosa, like, this team is banking on a lot of second-year jumps, and reclamation projects to, you know, take the next step or kind of refine their career. Clellan Farrell's in that group as well. Like, you can bank on that stuff, and it can work, and it has. Chris Koceric can, you know, turn a piece of poop into gold, right? Um, And so I don't want to discredit them now, but just on paper, which, again, means nothing (laughs) especially this one, means nothing when it comes to actually playing. And I I do like a lot of the depth pieces they have. Bryant, Farrell, Jackson. But seeing Alex Barrett and Kerry Hyder in the second team, I said, that, I don't like that. That bothers me. Like, I don't want Kerry Hyder and Alex Barrett as my second string, even third string guys, really. Like, I want Kerry Hyder playing inside and outside on certain days. Um... I'd rather have Taco Charlton, higher upside, Austin Bryant, higher upside than Alex Barrett. No offense, Barrett. You're just a guy who I think we can stash, not lose, if you are cut from the team this offseason. Or during preseason, excuse me. And so, uh, is it a big deal? Not really, but without Think Bosa in the room and the injuries that are currently on the team, there is some concern with the defensive line, in my opinion. Now, that can go away in a week when they're all healthy and Nick Bosa signs an extension and we're saying yeehaw, you know, yippee ki whatever but I think right now leading into the preseason game one seeing Kyrie Hyder and Barrett as this team's number two in second string defensive ends is like wow this room is not as deep as I once thought it was um, moving to tight end because we all we all love a good tight end I love a good tight end um, George Kittle, we know what's happening with him but seeing Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly above Cam to and Braden Willis... Um, the way they were ordered just kind of felt like veterans and then the draft pick order after that. Um, but I would have liked to have seen them reward Braden Willis with how well he's played. With maybe third string reps, not fifth string reps. Um, now again... 2nd becomes one, third becomes 2, 4 becomes 3, and 5 becomes 4. But we talked a lot throughout training camp. Cam Camelotu has not been a 4-string tight end. He's been a, you know, you see, kick the road, Jack, kind of tight end. Um, and I would have liked to have seen them reward Braden Willis with, you know, he's had a couple big catches. Um, granted, there was a play in last practice where... Shanahan kind of got on to him you know they were kind of talking and you know kind of was telling him you need to be here and you're here Um, and that's just being a rookie in the NFL kind of figuring things out learning the offense still but Braden Willis has shown a lot more promise early than Law 2 and I would have liked to have seen that you know just on paper alone which again means nothing I would like to have seen that rewarded whether it's above Dwelly or above Law 2 just seen okay we're on equal playing ground here, and that was not the case on paper. Um, but I also am intrigued by what Cam Latu does, because if what the depth chart says, he'll be with Brandon Allen as his quarterback, and guys like uh, TDP and, well, more likely LeBourne and McNichols as his running backs, and so it'll be interesting how the offense works itself out, because, as you can see my dog behind me on YouTube, <laughs> um but you can, like, I don't think that sets them up for success, which could be a better test. Um, but Willis has played a lot more with Purdy, which shocks me that he wasn't higher on the depth chart, and Latte's played more with Lance and Darnold. And I think seeing them this low, based on what we expect from them or are hoping from them, I didn't like that. Um, but I, I also expect or Warner, one of those guys, is going to be gone this year. Um, or at least, unless they stashed a rookie tight end, which, in that case, it's not a lot to. Because draft status saves you in this case. But um, I, I don't think it should, by any means. Um, moving up to receivers. Receiver group number six. Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell, SMU, and Go Big Blue in the group six on the depth chart for these two players um i found it kind of funny because these guys are fighting for that sixth spot and i get that um but when guys like chris conley are ahead of you and veteran players which i preferably don't think chris conley should make this team um he feels like another player you stash on the practice squad as a veteran player because I think you want to keep the upside. You can always inactivate somebody, right? You can always inactivate somebody. Like, don't be afraid to have a Tevin Coleman guy this year like Chris Conley. I think that, to me, would be his role. Like, Alex Barrett, Chris Conley, those guys are kind of all in the same group to me of, like, veteran players who aren't good enough to make the team but good enough to hang around for a little bit. Like, that's what Mohamed Sanu should have been in 2020. He's not good enough to be on the team but he's good enough to hang around. Um, He knows the offense pretty well. Um, I don't trust them come game time. Too many drops by Conley. So to see young players behind them, like Gray, who's a third-round pick, mind you, and Bell, um, obviously a late-round pick this year, I get they are fighting for that sixth roster spot in the receiver room. Um, I think Gray kind of already has a job. Again, Debo, Ayuk, Jennings, McLeod, and Gray those are my five right now. Um, and so to see Gray that low on the roster was like, that's interesting. Um, unless they view someone like Chris Conley, who's gotten plenty of reps with the first team, in the slot. Unless they view him as kind of this veteran, six-guy, come-in, big-bodied, you know, slot receiver. If join if Jennings gets hurt or, you know, his drop problem finds itself again like it did last year. Um, this season, maybe he supplements him. I don't know what the thinking is right now. We haven't played a preseason game yet or even had joint practices, which happened tomorrow, or if, when you're watching or listening today, uh, Thursday, August 10th. But I found that intriguing, the fact that Danny Gray wasn't hired knowing his draft status, knowing how good he's been in training camp thus far. And for Bell, like, he's fighting with Tay Martin and Chris Conley and some other guys... That Willie Sneed. Like to see those guys ahead of him on special teams and in the receiver room kinda of made me say, Huh. Like, what is the thought process here? Is it when the guys are signed? Is it the assumed role or just the you know, veteran status over rookies? Um that could be the case. The PR team makes these, not Shanahan, not Wilkes. But I did think that was a little intriguing because They're not fighting for a roster spot. At least Gray isn't, in my opinion. But Bell certainly is. Like, he makes sense there. But not Danny Gray. And this doesn't make me think that they're down on him by any means. But it did make me say, why isn't the guy you drafted in the third round a year ago that's played really well in camp, why is he not higher on the list? Um, Then running backs, very straightforward. Mason, TDP, Chris McCaffrey ahead of them all. Bing, bang, boom, call it a day. But the quarterbacks, the quarterbacks, the Trey Lance or Sam Darnold. This is where the fans, their hair catches on fire. They lose their mind. They just like, why is it like this? Why isn't Trey quarterback number one? What do you think? (laughs) Like, it bothers me so much. Like, fans cannot let go. Certain fans, not all fans. Just cannot let go of the idea that Brock Purdy is this team's QB number one. Trey Lance didn't get a fair shake. I want to tweet about it. Shut up. Like, God. I love Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance. But the the fan base makes me just, like, want to be done with it. And I love you guys... I'm part of you. I get the frustration. I put out a tweet today saying, if Brock Purdy has these stats, would you be happy? Everyone said, yeah, it was great. Oh my God, yes. Like, we want these. This is a, this is an amazing year by Tra- uh, by Brock Purdy. My, oh my God, this is a Super Bowl winning season if we have these stats. And I sat back, and I'll, and I'll read them to you right here in a second. But I kind of sat back and I said, hmm, Interesting that when I ask you, hey, do you want your quarterback to have a 67 and a half completion percentage? You say yes. Heck, I would say yes. Why wouldn't you say yes? When I ask you, hey, do you want your quarterback to throw for 4,000 and 45 yards? Yeah, that makes sense. 26 touchdown passes, 5 interceptions, almost 400 rushing yards, 355 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and one fumble. And they said, "Yes, we want that." You know what stat line that is? 2017 Alex Smith. This fan base, which I love, no hard feelings, that is saying Brock Purdy's this team starter. Yeah, they'll settle for Alex Smith 2017 who got benched a year later. For Pat Mahomes, and it's—I'm not even saying I don't want that kind of season. Low turnovers, like a five-to-one, TD to INT ratio. Love that stuff, love it. But it's just funny how the quarterback conversation has changed. That what San Francisco wants in one year, Brock Purdy comes in, tears it up, deep passes downfield, explosive plays. What about Trey Lance? It's like, who, who cares? What, what, what? Sam Donald's here now, too. And it's like, yeah, and? But Brandon Allen. It's like, do you guys like not know what Purry did? Like, Don't take it from me. <laughs> don't take it from national media guys or whoever you listen to or watch. Take it from Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> like, he called him the real deal. We're not worried about Brock. He'll be fine. He's the real deal. How much more clear-cut do you need it to be that this team, right now, as constructed, does not view Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, or Brandon Allen as quarterback-one material, but simply view Brock Purdy, the man who won seven games last year, was better than a career year from Jimmy Garoppolo, and has shown more than anything Trey Lance has done, albeit injuries, that, oh, he's a starting quarterback. And you've seen this team put up 33 points a game. Could have won the NFC Championship. And you have people on Twitter saying, But why isn't Trey Lance quarterback one of the depth chart? Do you hear yourself? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with being a fan of a player. I myself, growing up, had a Jerry Rice Raiders jersey. Because I loved Jerry Rice so much. I had a Priest Holmes jersey from the Chiefs, Dante Culpepper, Tiki Barber, I Plaxico juris, excuse me, Plaxico Burris, Super Bowl champion jersey. Because I loved him so much in Pittsburgh and New York, my very first Niner game was the Giants and the Niners in 2007 with Cody Pickett playing quarterback, and I rooted for the Giants because they had my favorite player at the time. Plexico Burst prior to Gore exploding on the scene in San Francisco. Like, it's okay to be a fan of a certain player. But when the fanboy bubble overtakes all logic and reason, it makes me want to pull my 26 year old head of hair just out. To just go onto the Bay Bridge and just jump off and go, Yeah, I'll see you later. (laughs) Like, and and look, like, I'm not going to do that, obviously, but it's like, Jesus, guys, like, you're getting mad at what a PR staff put together. Yes, we can talk about it. We can debate Danny Gray, Ronnie Bell. Why is this guy there? It's interesting. And sure, it's interesting because we want to see what these guys can do. Can they move up that depth chart? Are guys going to move down that depth chart? Is the depth on the chart with the defensive ends a concern? That's fine to discuss. It's fine to debate with well, Trey didn't get a chance and all that stuff. The fact that we're some people are mad that Trey Lance isn't quarterback one after, unfortunately... Getting a shot, and getting hurt, and Brock Purdy stealing the show. People are mad the coach has bought in, the players have bought in. The idea that Trey Lance isn't getting a fair shake is a bunch of hoopla, hooey, BS, kaput, whatever you want to say, a bunch of, like, it's just nothing. Do you, do you blame Kyle Shanahan for what happened to Trey Lance? Maybe a little bit. You're running too much. Sure. But that's what he was going to do anyways. He didn't trust Trey's arm last year enough early. So he ran with him. He got hurt. It sucked. You can blame Kyle for it. That's fine. I think Trey was on a level of running more per, per game than Josh Allen. That's insane. I get that. But you also can't blame Kyle Shanahan for looking at Brock Purdy and going, man, 7-1, really 7-0, took this offense to new heights, played very well in training camp, albeit last practice wasn't that great. Can you blame him for buying in to that? For literally almost running the offense perfectly. Brock Purdy ran the offense as good... As a Shanahan offense has been run since MVP Matt Ryan. I don't know... Look, Purdy could suck this year. He could. And that's why Trey should make the team. That's why Sam Darnold's also here. That's why Brandon Allen's here. But the fact that fans expected anything more... it, It just baffles me. I hope Trey comes into Vegas... Has an amazing joint practices. Has an amazing preseason game. I hope he annihilates that Raiders defense. I hope Sam does the exact same thing. I hope Brandon Allen does the... I want to put up 56 points against the Raiders. Big money. Big points. And just say, you are not in the league with us. You're the the worst team in the AFC West for a reason. Well, I guess Denver's there. But you get my point. (laughs) Like... We are in a class of our own from QB one to QB four. Show that on Sunday. In joint practices. But there are literally people complaining on Twitter, X now I guess, that Trey isn't one. Why is why is it say or after his name and the Sam Darnold's there? It's almost like they're fighting for a number two quarterback job. It's almost like the same thing you've heard But choose not to believe from beat writers and people like myself, which, okay, don't believe me, believe literally the other 14 beat writers there every single day saying, hey, it's a quarterback competition for quarterback number two. Not one. Like, the deniable, like, the people just are living in denial with the quarterback room. It's, It's crazy. And I, again, if Trey plays this year, go crush it. Let's go out there and let's sling that ball around. Let's show why you were a third overall pick. It's still in you. You've had a great camp. You really improved. You look a lot better. If it's Sam Darnold, which cool, I'm not really enthused about. But why couldn't he have an Alex Smith-like resurgence with you know some consistency at head coach and GM with the offense around him? Like why couldn't like why couldn't why can't Kyle Shanahan be his Jim Harbaugh? Why? All you need is someone to believe in you and a good offense around you. You can do some things. Sam can do some things. And if if he's out there, let's go get him. Let's prove why you're on a bust. Let's go out there and get him. Let's go out there and let's see less ghosts and no ghosts and let's go see some actual people. Not living creatures, not dead, passed away ghosts. (laughs) Right? And if it's Brandon Allen... Go out there and prove why you were Joe Burrow's backup and why you shouldn't be anymore. Let's go out there and crush it. The depth chart for quarterback looks exactly how it's supposed to. Brock Purdy, quarterback number one. 7-1, 7-0 really last year. Trey Lance, the incumbent. Knows the system. I think should be quarterback two as of right now. Then there's Sam Darnold, fighting for a job, being good some days and kind of you know finding himself in the realm of mediocre most days. Then there's Brandon Allen. Like, people thought it was going to look any different. No. the Even the PR team that may or may not even like football was like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> like, come on. The fact that I've talked for 20 minutes about this is just insane to me. Um, I'm blessed to do that and complain about people on Twitter and X and social media saying dumb things. Um, but let me just put it this way we have to live in reality sometimes and I, I I get the fact that Trey like this is the real issue here this is why the Trey versus Jimmy was so crazy and why now it's Trey versus Purdy it's so crazy and Trey versus Sam is so insane because we were promised something as fans the the high expectations placed on Trey Lance to come in unseat jimmy didn't happen that was never the plan by the team you lose in the championship game fans are like you should have started trey beat the texans and it's like the team itself didn't want that that's fine next year 2022 being last year that was the plan trey comes in gets hurt what we were promised the expectations were super high he was ripped away from us and we're sitting here three years into the unknown thinking that hey maybe the picks that were moved for him could have helped us in other areas in my mind i think of hey our secondary was awful at cornerback in 2021 imagine if we had i don't know first round pick there what if we had Asante samuel jr there wouldn't that be something special <laughs> like that's where my mind goes Wow, Mooney, and a Samuel Jr., and Lenore, and Thomas. Like, it would have looked a lot better. Maybe you beat the Rams because Cup and OBJ have 300 plus yards between them. I get it. There's frustration because what was promised hasn't lived up to the hype yet. What was, you know, sold to us has not, like, their end of the deal hasn't been completed yet. And I get that. The issue is, this is the NFL, it's real life, it's not Madden, it's not fantasy football, it's like sometimes you just get a bad deal. Sometimes what you're sold and promised isn't the expectation. Sometimes you go downstairs for Christmas and you see that package. I know what that is. It's a PlayStation 5. Oh, I can't wait to open that up. Here, this is a a better example here. I believe it was 2003... Scooby-Doo, the movie. Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Geller uh, Matthew Lord. It came out. Loved it. I was a little kid. Oh, I couldn't wait to buy it on VHS. Remember those things, VHS? Christmas. Or my birthday. One of those at my grandparents' house. I saw a box from my sister. I said, oh, I know what that is. Oh, I know what that is. It's Scooby-Doo. Oh, man, I can't wait for it. I open it up, and guess what? It's a box that freaking rocks. (laughs) And obviously it was a joke, but what my point is is that that the expectation was, we're getting Scooby-Doo! We're getting the gift we have wanted for a whole year. Back when you had to wait for a whole year for a movie to come out on DVD to go buy, or VHS to go buy, I'm I'm waiting for so long, waiting, uh, I saw it on film, in the theater, I saw Trey Lance at NDSU, and on draft tape, and I was like, oh my goodness, I loved it, it was so great, I want to get it home, to me, on San Francisco, at my house, plugged into my DVD, and my VHS player, and I can't wait to see him in the red and gold, and go out there, and throw him past the Debo on and you can Kittle. oh my goodness, it's gonna be great, you get the box, it's here, it's finally here, you open it up, Oh, it's a box of rocks. He has to sit for a whole year? Are you kidding me? Man! Then, you realize under the box, ro- under the rocks is the actual present. Oh my goodness, it's Scooby-Doo! Man! And then you open it up, and in the old wrapper they used to have the VHSs in, it's not Scooby-Doo, it's Hurt for a whole year. And you're like, what the heck is going on? Like, I was sold Scooby-Doo, I was sold franchise quarterback, Mahomes 2.0 and Trey Lance. And my god, I've gotten freaking Scrappy-Doo. What the heck is this? Like, I've gotten, you know, TMNT 3 where they're in Japan with Samurais. What the heck is this? I don't want this. I've gotten Ant-Man 3. Ugh! It is gross! And you're sitting there like, well... Maybe it's in there somewhere. Okay, but then someone else comes along and gives you the gift you want. That's Brock Purdy. The gift you want might not be Trey Lance. It might not be what Kyle Shanahan thought Trey Lance was going to be. You brought somebody in, and that analogy could have made no sense. And that's perfectly fine. It is 11 p.m. on August 9th on Wednesday night. It's, It's we're having fun here. Talking Niners, but <laughs> like sometimes what you want isn't, or sometimes what you expect isn't what you get, and that's okay. Whether it's in person or on a freaking depth chart, it's fine. There is so much more to be played at. There are three preseason games that had to be played still. There's joint practices starting today, Thursday, when you hear and see this. Just be patient. Like, don't overreact when you see a box of rocks with a gift under it you don't notice yet. Sometimes the gift under it is the Brock Purdy. And the box of rocks is Trey Lance. Sometimes the box of rocks is Alex Smith and the gift under it is Patrick Mahomes. Like, this is the NFL. I just watched that Johnny Manziel documentary on Netflix. It was great, by the way. Um, (laughs) Like... The Cleveland Browns thought they were getting a franchise quarterback. Instead, they got a drug addict, an alcoholic, and someone who didn't watch a single second of tape. They got the white Jamarcus Russell. Like, that's insane. Sometimes what you're expecting isn't what you're getting. That's okay. But you retool, you rework... And that doesn't mean Trey can't be good. It doesn't mean if he gets a shot this year, he's garbage and he's a bust. It just means that sometimes what you think is going to happen doesn't happen. And sometimes life takes you elsewhere the long way. That long way could be for Trey to come back this year and play and be great. And we go, wow, we have a real quarterback competition now, Purdy and Lance. Lance could be awful. Purdy could be awful when we're sitting there saying, we got freaking sam Darnold! oh my god what the heck's going on all that to say it's a piece of paper that kyle shanahan didn't make himself (laughs) and that you and i shouldn't care about it should not matter it's irrelevant to any quarterback conversation any quarterback discussion what's on paper doesn't always tell you what's going to happen on the field and look, in, like, can we just enjoy the season? Can we enjoy joint practices, which half of us aren't going to see? Can we enjoy preseason on Sunday against the Raiders, and then week two, week three? Like, Trey Lance should not get cut. He'll make the team. And for all intents and purposes, he'll probably play this year if Purdy gets hurt. Let's just sit back, relax, and enjoy a likely really, 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 really Really good Niners team this year. Let's debate cornerbacks and kickers and, you know, the dreaded or in between someone's name. Let's debate that more than, like, the quarterback conversation is so annoying. Like, we know who QB1 is. There is no other team in the NFL, no other team debating who quarterback two is but this one. Like, that's insane. That is just crazy. The Lions aren't doing it. The Texans aren't doing it. The The Browns are like No one's doing it but us. We're, we've had hour-long podcasts on quarterback two and quarterback three when we know who quarterback one is. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it just blows my mind sometimes. But look, joint practices today, when you're watching on YouTube, on the audio version... If you want updates, my takes, updates on the team throughout the entirety of preseason, follow us on social media at 49ers underscore access is the Twitter, 49ers dot access is the Instagram. Use our promo code 49ers access at SeatGeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase to any Niner game or concert you want to go to this year. First time purchase, 20% off discount for you helps us get it buy it got it good also use the fanatics link above up the screen on youtube or down below in the description to support the show while also buying your favorite players merch if it's a jerry rice Raiders jersey go out there and do it do it if it's a christian mccaffrey niners do it if you want to freaking buy i don't know a jim drunken miller shirt go out there and do it do it use the link support the show at fanatics.com that's all we ask that's all we ask i also ask you one more thing actually Don't forget to leave a like, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends about the show. We're having fun here. We're talking Scooby-Doo and rocks and presents and Trey Lance and Purdy. You ain't getting this conversation anywhere else. Anywhere else. But right here on the Forward Mental Access Podcast, my name is Sterling Bennett saying until next time, stay faithful.